You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. This edition of It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, your partner for global wealth creation. It's time now for It's My Money. It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, and Brenthurst Wealth has been voted SA's top boutique wealth manager in both 2017 and 2020, and is consistently in the top three, four, when it comes to the best boutique wealth manager. Today, I'm speaking to Ruan Brid, and he's kindly sent me a piece that appeared on a website a while ago. And the headline is as follows. The property investment pitfall, busting the myths, goes on to say the following. There is far more to consider when investing in property than the mere price you pay and the rental income derived from this investment. Ruan, thanks for joining me today. And I tell you what, people have always said to me, you know what, Lindsay, you should have a house. An Englishman's home is his castle. I say that an Englishman's home, in many cases, is a money pit because there's so many things <laughs> that... Obviously, it's great to have a home, but it, you really have to be quite savvy when it comes to a property investment. Isn't that the case? Yes, Lindsay, that's correct. And um, just to, to slot in with your point exactly, I think there's a big, big difference when in, when buying a property with a, with a focus on it for an investment other than, you know, more than a lifestyle decision. I think there's a, there should be a big difference between the two. When purchasing a property for a lifestyle decision, rather as a lifestyle decision, I think You've got a little bit more leeway in terms of, you know, spending a little bit of money, money go, you know, leaking in some instances. But when viewing a property purchase as a as an investment decision, I think, you know, there has to be a lot more detailed given to certain figures. And that's I think that, that was the purpose of this article is to show the clear difference between the two because there's a little bit more to it than just the price you pay and the price you receive when purchasing a property for regarding a investment decision. Yeah. You mentioned in one paragraph, you say the following, which is actually quite prophetic. I mean, it's it's a simple thing to say, but it's, it's terribly important because a house for most of us is the biggest investment we'll ever make in our lives. And you say, if there is one thing that South Africans like more than watching sports and having a braai, it is the irrevocable belief that investing in property with the focus on residential property in this case is the stairway to financial heaven, even when the numbers on average tell a different story, a completely different story. Give us an example. What, what do you mean by that? Are you saying that most people lose money when they buy a residential property over the longer term? Yes, Lindsay, and I think there's a lot of details that's that's overlooked when, when making a decision such as this. As I mentioned, people normally... Uh, Keep in mind one or two, one or two of the of the variables when investing in property. Whereas I think there's usually more than five or six important variables that you have to keep in mind, and all of them plays a part in, in you know the figures you will have to calculate to determine whether it's a prudent investment or not. I think a relative recent example mm-hmm. of the, one of those factors is, is the rising interest rates globally. For a couple of months, actually years now, we've been we've been in a low interest rate environment, uh, you know, on a on a mostly global scale. Purchases for property have been relatively higher than it was before. Bonds were cheaper, but that's starting to change now. With the rising interest rates still also looming for the future, I think that's something important to keep in mind. Never mind even mentioning such as initial transfer costs on the purchase of a property, you know, rates and taxes and 
property taxes has been um, significant, significantly higher in South Africa. All of the, you know, the, the, the basket of administered prices have shot through the roof. It's been it's been way higher than the normal CPI inflation headlines. So I think when you keep in mind administered prices per se, the cost of electricity, even security costs regarding owning a property, that's that's been substantially higher than, than the normal inflation indicators. So those are all of the figures that need to be kept in mind, which doesn't necessarily have a direct cash out-of-pocket influence on a month-to-month basis. But over the longer term, that, that definitely you know adds up to the equation. And suddenly your, your whole calculation will definitely look a little bit different. Um, then, then you don't even already start speaking of something such as bad tenants or load shedding we have in South Africa, lack of services from municipalities. So I think there's a lot more to keep in mind than just, as mentioned, the mere price you pay for a property. Yeah, okay. Let me just summarise after what you've just said. I've got the list here that you've just reeled off. Transfer costs on the purchase of the property, rates and property taxes, levies, maintenance and upkeep of the property, which is almost on a weekly basis, fluctuating interest yes. rates, illiquid investment, because you know it's not something you can just phone up your broker and say, sell my house. Sometimes takes months, sometimes takes years. I mean, there was a period when South African residential properties just weren't shifting at all and prices came down dramatically. I think it's stabilised now, but you can tell me about that later. Bad tenants. I've been a bad tenant over the years. I'm ashamed to say that I have been. Load shedding, um, lack of services from municipality. And you say here as well, I know by now there are already some readers fuming because when you get round the barbecue, round the braai rather, Rowan, there's always someone who says, over the years I've, uh, I've made my fortune in property. And indeed, one of your colleagues has made quite a bit of money. A high-profile colleague of yours has made some good money from doing that. But he was a shrewd investor at the right time. If you get the thing wrong, Ruan, it can be a bit of a pain. Yes, exactly, Lindsay. And you also mentioned now that, that the South African property market has been stagnant for for a while. It still is, and unfortunately, it's stagnant on a weight, on a lower level than it's than it was previously. So, there's been a significant drop in residential property prices. There is also an interesting graph on the article I wrote, yes. uh, which clearly indicates the the, the the drop in residential property prices over the last couple of years. And unfortunately for us, it's it's really stayed there, so it didn't really pick up again as you can see was the case in other geographic regions. So I think there's a clear differentiation to be made when buying property for for investment purposes or purely as a lifestyle decision. I think you have to be very savvy and you know have your timing spot on in South Africa specifically if you if you want to proceed purchasing a property to be part of your investment portfolio overall. So I think we we are still we are still living in a, in a stagnant environment, especially in the northern regions of our country. Mm-hmm. Property prices has, has you know has declined somewhat. We see clients on a weekly basis in office clients who own property in the northern parts of the country, struggling to get the prices uh, to drop. You know they're asking prices on a monthly basis just to, to gain the, the attention of, of a possible buyer, never mind, you know, closing a deal. So it's been a problem in South Africa and never mind the, the drop in prices. Uh, I think there's, the biggest problem is normally investors, um, you know, do not think of all the, you know, all, all of the variables in the equation. So there's two parts to it. I think it's the, it's the different variables and then also, you know, the stagnant market we're living in. 
I think you can't, obviously this is a podcast, so we, we can't really describe the graph, but you put in the real residential property prices of the United States, Australia, emerging market economies and aggregate of emerging market economies, as you say, the United Kingdom and South Africa. And South Africa is right at the bottom of the pile there because it's gone flat to slightly down while the other ones have, uh, have been picking up. I'm sure that will, ch- well, I hope it'll change, but on the other hand, with interest rates rising, maybe it won't. One thing before we go on, Rowan, do estate agents, real estate agents, as some people call them, are they part of the problem as well? Because they they give the seller and the buyer the wrong impression. I, I don't want to be nasty. I don't want to alienate anyone and leave people fuming, like you said in that paragraph earlier on. <laughs> but do they? Do they? Are they also part of the problem? Potentially, not all of them, but some of them. Yeah, Lindsay, I mentioned before we we started speaking, I might be stepping on some toes with this article, and I think um, I might be doing so even more now. Mm-hmm. Um, but but as you say rightly, I think that's definitely the case. When you put your email up on a you know on a property agent's website, and you get con- started to get contacting but contacted by by agent, you know you will never hear an agent saying any negative remarks about a, a illicit property. You will always hear the good and the you know the the, the colorful picture. But I haven't I haven't yet met with a with an estate agent. You know, telling me, listen, you have to look out for this, or you have to look out for that. The list of the of the possibilities, you know, and the and the, and the positives is endless. While I'm yet to meet up with a state agent that's that's showing me some of the red lights, and I think I'm speaking on behalf of a couple of people, and you know, they're, they're in the job for a reason. They know what they are doing, but I think that's one that's one issue that to possibly answer your question, you know, in a, in a neutral way. Okay, let's have a look at some more cold, hard facts. SA Residential Property. One million invested in the local market 10 years ago would have left you with about 800,000 rand in pocket today. So in nominal terms, you've lost 20%. I think that's right, isn't it? In real terms, yes. much, much more which is quite staggering, actually. I mean, it's really bad. Whereas you go to the US, 1 million rand invested in the US 10 years ago would have returned you about 1.6 million today. So you would have made 67%. These are quite startling numbers, Ruan. It makes you think, doesn't it? Yes, uh, definitely, Lindsay. And it's an absolute destruction of personal wealth when you have a look at the SA residential property market and figures I, you know, I put in there. So as you rightly mentioned, in real terms, I think if you're out of pocket, you know, to an, to a, to a, you know, extreme margin, if you keep in mind all of the mentioned expenses, um, you know, such as upkeep of a property, insurance, all, all those kind of stuff. And then again, you're sitting with an illiquid investment. You, you can't liquidate the investment should you require the capital. If you if you if you are able to do so, it's going to be a fire sale. You're going to lose even more money. Um, whereas I think there's definitely, you know, more prudent investment options to consider when you do have capital instead of just you know shoving it in the property market and you know just going the old the old age route. Okay, let's have a comparison now, because a property, although it's not a liquid asset class, it's still an asset class. And I don't consider buying a home as an asset class. I I think it's somewhere where you want to live with your family. Most people do. But the second home where you're saying, right, this is a buy to let story here. I want to get I want to get income, annuity income every single month. This person pays pays me 5000 rand a month or something like that. That is the type of investment that hasn't done very well. If it's an investment, then it's been proven over a period of time, a decent period of time as well, not to have worked. 
Whereas if you went into the JSC or the S&P, S&P is probably a better example, you've done very well indeed. Thank you very much. Yes, that's correct, Lindsay. Um, you are spot on with your, you know, with your, with your mocks. And I think that's why it's important to differentiate, as I mentioned at the beginning of this, of this conversation, to determine, do you, do you, are you buying a property for lifestyle purposes for you and your family, or are you buying a property for investment purposes? I think your outlook will have to differ to a certain extent. There's a, there's a different way to look at it, in my opinion, when you buy property for your own personal occupation. And you're going to have a, a very different calculation when you buy it with an investment perspective. There are also different types of property, of course. I mean, we're just saying property like it's a homogenous entity, but it's not, of course. You've got one or two bedroom flats in areas that would be suitable for younger people getting onto the property ladder. And you buy that and then you, you rent, rent it out to them. Whereas you might have, for example, a sprawling a sprawling house in Bryanston, a, a suburb of Johannesburg, uh, which might sit on, the, sit on the market for a year and a half or something when you try to sell it. So there are different aspects of the property market. But generally, at the end of the article, you say proceed with caution. And you say the purpose of this article is not to prove individuals who successfully invested in property wrong, because there most certainly are a lot of investors who have done so over the years. What is the purpose then? What Sum up your final few thoughts. Proceed with caution, Ruan. Yes, that's exactly the point of this article, Lindsay, and it's just to, to drive home the fact that there's a lot more at play when deciding whether an investment in property is prudent, is a prudent investment decision or not. As I mentioned, there is there's people out there who made who made their money with property investments, but on average I think you have to go and dig a little deeper than just the asking price and the rental income you can derive from the asset. I think there's a little bit more to it, and that's, that was exactly the reason for this article. It wasn't to step on any toes. It was just to explain and to indicate that there's, that there's a couple of moving parts and a couple of factors that need to be considered up and above you know, the price that's, that's on, on the listing. Well, I think it's a very good article. And if people don't like having their toes trod on, then trod on rather, then um, they shouldn't be in the business. But well done. That was a good chat, Ruan. Thank you very much. That's Ruan Breed from Brentos Wealth. And that was It's My Money. It's My Money was brought to you by Brentos Wealth, an award-winning boutique wealth management company. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.